What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Prove Me Wrong podcast. Like every single week, I am your host, Grayson Gregory. Episode 14, we're on our way to 30. Look at that. I'm pretty pumped on that. Um, Last week was hashtag a little bit vulnerable, hashtag a little bit awkward. If you guys have never heard a grown man uh, cry in your ears before, for all of you that were wearing headphones, um, I probably should apologize about that. Um, It's probably pretty weird if you're listening to it in headphones, or I guess even in the car, it doesn't matter uh, to hear a grown man whimper and cry in your ear. But nonetheless, I was glad I was able to get that podcast out, done, and over with. Um, A ton of people had reached out, and to all you guys that did, I just got to say thank you. You guys were really nice. Uh, you didn't have to do that, that's for sure. Um, that week was pretty damn tough. Uh, for those of you that don't know what I'm talking about, if you missed last week's episode, um, just go back and listen to episode 13. I don't think we should really go down that rabbit hole again about what's been going on, but there's been some changes. Uh, family moved to Texas. I went on a trip to New York, and um, all's good now. It, it was pretty tough that week, I'm not going to lie. Um, saying goodbye to all of them and everything, but um, they made it there. They've had a few uh, minor speed bumps already, but I think um, everything's going to work out all right. And I'm such a bitch, I decided, fuck it, I'm just going to go out there for Thanksgiving and cut things short. So um, I'll be out there in next week? Two weeks? Two weeks. What's, what's today? The 12th? Uh, two weeks, I guess? I- where the fuck did this year go? How is it already Thanksgiving? It blows me away. So, um, nonetheless, I think I'm going to head out that Wednesday or Thursday of the week of Thanksgiving and go kick it out there. We're going to go down to Fort Worth. Um, Fort Worth is like this whole strip of bars. I think I've told you guys about it before. But there's this one bar called Bubs or something southern like that, Billy Bob's, where there's an actual bowl that you can ride inside the bar. So, I'm going to attempt not to drink liquor while I'm down there to ensure I don't end up being the drunk guy that gets on a bull. But hey, I like a good story. So, and I like to have something to bring back here. So if you guys see me on Instagram and I'm on a bull, that means I got way too drunk and um, I'm turning up in Fort Worth. But uh, where do we go from there? You know, um, last week was really nice not having work. It was a little bit of adjusting because I think every morning I kind of woke up with PTSD. The, the line of work I was in, you'd, you're always waking up to shit. You're always waking up to someone not going to be in or someone's going to be late. So whenever I wake up at like 5.36 in the morning, you're checking your phone. And if you don't have a text message, then all I had to do was wait 15 minutes. And sure enough, someone would be texting that they wouldn't be in that day. And that's just kind of the life of being a manager, I guess, in the year 2017. So last week, every time I woke up, I was kind of hesitant to look at my phone. And I went, nah, you're free. You can go do what you want. And I got to come up with a, a routine because um, I've had the last routine for, I mean, three years. So it was in, it was in the beginning. I'd wake up, go to the gym at 4.30 in the morning, then go to work. But then I realized I had nothing to do when I got out of the office. So last, I don't know, six months or years. So I kind of flipped back and I've been going, I'll wake up, do everybody's leads, go to work and then I'll go to the gym after the fact so then at least I had something to do and kind of keep me out of trouble because a lot of my friends still work in the bar industry and hey you for any of you that have done that you know what the week consists of if they have a day off they usually want to go out and go drink and so it's kind of my way to be able to stiff arm people and then 
be able to go be productive and go to the gym so I wouldn't be hungover the next day because I get hungover so bad. Sometimes, I mean, it just takes two beers and it doesn't matter. And not only hangovers, I get anxiety hangover. I don't know if anybody else gets that, but like where you wake up and you think you've done something wrong, even though you've done nothing wrong, but you just assume you've done something wrong. That's with or without blacking out. I I always have anxiety uh, or hangover anxiety or anxiety hangover, however you want to talk about it. But um, at least this week, I I have this little whiteboard in my room and that I try to write shit down and set like weekly goals just so I'm staying on track. And one of the things on there this week was supposed to be read a book. Um, That didn't happen. But I was supposed to go to the gym a certain amount of times. That did happen. I think on there I was supposed to take a yoga class. That didn't happen. So it's, uh, remember like the rollover minutes? Sorry about that. The rollover minutes from T-Mobile. Some of these are kind of rollover goals. So this week I have to read a book. I have to go take a yoga class. I just, I'm getting older and my back's fucked up and I broke a collarbone a couple years ago. So everything's just like tilted and rotated, I feel. And outside of the float tank, I think yoga might be, um, very beneficial but it's tough when you've never taken like a class like that before (laughs) like i don't have anybody that wants to go with me so i just like i'm gonna go on my like mat and just go i I guess i'll sit in the back like i I don't know what to do i I need someone to like hold my hand and take me in and show me like the ropes for the first time but uh the gym that i go to they they have uh free yoga there so i think this week i'm gonna go try vinyasa yoga with sally at 10 30 I think it's on Tuesdays or Thursdays, so I'll have to report back on that and how that goes. But I'm so scared about doing yoga. One, because I know I'm going to get my ass kicked by every girl in the class, um, which is fine. But not being able to hold poses or being able to, like, I'm terrified of not being able to make it through the class. I mean, granted, this isn't hot yoga. It's just, but it's still 60 minutes or 90 minutes, whatever it is. And I stretch every day before I work out, but it's not like that. That's a whole other skill set. Like, I've tried some of those, like, YouTube, like, 30-minute courses or the 60-minute courses at home. But the problem with that is you don't know if you're doing the right poses or if you're in the right form or I want to make sure that I'm doing it correctly. So I think that's why it would be better to go take an actual class and just try it at home. Cause whenever I do it, then you're like looking up at the screen and it's just, it's, it's awkward for anybody that's ever tried it on YouTube or if you have a better solution, let me know. But I, I figured if I go, I can start doing the poses correctly. Hopefully that'll relieve some of this back pain and kind of get me uh, straight yet again, <laughs> but it's scary. It's scary. I'm not going to lie. I, I, you guys learned last week that uh, this, this is an honest podcast and uh, I just want to be honest with you guys. So I'm, I'm a little nervous of picking up something new and getting my ass kicked by women named Helen and Sharon or whatever. Insert old lady name in there because I've seen the women that go into that class and there, there's some old ladies in there, man. But I know they're going to fuck me up. Nothing like getting your ass kicked in yoga to really just um, build your confidence, you know. But um so I'm, I got to try that this week. I've been saying I was going to do it, I think, for months now, and it never comes to fruition. So I'm going to put it like bold on my board, go to yoga class and get the damn thing done. But I mentioned to you guys in episode 13 that I was going to be doing this weekly now. I think what I'm going to try is to have it out every Monday. That way there's a schedule. People know when it's coming out. Um and you just know what to look for. It's tough if you're watching a TV show back, remember TV back in the day? And if you never knew what day, or if it was always flipping times or days or channels that it's gonna be on. So I think my new attempt might be just to have this out every Monday afternoon. That way um, there's some 
cohesion cohesion that's like coercion and cohesion uh, cohesion i don't know what that is but that way there's some continuity how about that so that's going to be the new goal is just to get one of these podcasts out once a week i'm starting to learn a little bit more with some video shit i gotta learn this other system called after effects it's it's like the photoshop of video but it's just like a whole nother pandora's boxes or like an onion you're just peeling back the layers and there's so much stuff to learn but I should be able to start doing some pretty cool shit with video here fairly soon. And I'd like to get this fully functioning as a video podcast too, if it getting on uh, YouTube and being able to post it to Facebook. I, you guys see the little segments I do on my Instagram page, just kind of like tease the show, but I'd like to actually get real segments out there and maybe be able to run some ads for it and get some traction going. If you guys didn't see, um, I'm annoyed shocking right i'm I'm annoyed i couldn't believe that it was last week and i was already seeing christmas commercials blows me away how early they start these goddamn christmas commercials in the marketing of a holiday in a marketing of gifts to buy your children and your aunt and your uncle and your grandma like i know a lot of you like christmas i'm not one of those people It's got nothing to do with religion. Nothing this time, I swear. It's just, it's Christmas is not my holiday. The holidays I like, I like Thanksgiving. I like New Year's. Those are probably two of my favorites. Fourth of July is a good one. You know, there's usually a lot of alcohol that's consumed. Hanging out in the summer, wearing a bathing suit. I like all those things. Thanksgiving's nice because it's just about getting together, having some libations, eating some food, and passing on the couch. Sign me up. Those are a few of my favorite things. There's no pressure of having to buy gifts. You gotta go see this family member, then go see this family member. Nah, everybody gets together, you eat some food, you take a nap, then everybody goes home. It's a one day thing. It's beautiful. It's not like drug out, like for any of you that have had like family members in other states and you have to go visit them. Like I've always had to do with family members being back in Texas. It's like you're doing Christmas Eve here. Then you have Christmas with this section. And then you have to have that after uh, the leftovers of Christmas Eve dinner the next day. And it's just this long drawn out process. Thanksgiving, hit it and quit it. Come in, cut the turkey have some wine take a nap everybody go home nothing more after that it's a beautiful thing i also love new year's new year's i mean of course you always see your friends and oh new year new me oh 2018 is my year fuck 2017 i'm gonna leave that behind but you know next year is gonna come around and they're gonna be saying the same thing and no changes will be made But at least I like the fact that everybody seems to be on the same page. That everybody seems hopeful, even if it just lasts a night or a week or a month. That it's kind of like a good, hard reset where you can kind of look at the last year. You can kind of look to the future and the new year, see where you want to be, set some new goals. I mentioned that what I like to do now or what I've been doing the last two years is just setting like a year-long bucket list. I don't have a lifelong bucket list, but instead of doing resolutions. I mean, I guess some of them kind of are resolutions. I just like to jot down a few things that I like to do or to accomplish that year. And it kind of keeps um, a good little focus and keeps, um, it just, it kind of narrows it down a little bit and I try to make them 
easily obtainable goals because who wants to have goals that you can't uh, reach? Um, a few of them are a little bit loftier, I guess. And this year I've completed most of them except for having to run a 5K. That, that was definitely on the list of things I was supposed to do this year. And I thought I'd sign up for one this week and that still hasn't happened. Shocker. And here we are November 12th. So if I was going to run a 5K, I would have to start training quick. I mean, I go, like I said, I go to the gym three, four times a week and just lift, but there's no cardio involved whatsoever. I, I've tried to, and I'm just awful at it. I'll do, um, I've tried to do like that hit training, they call it, the high intensity interval training where you sprint for 60 seconds and then walk for 30 seconds, or maybe it's uh, vice versa. I've tried that. That'll last like a couple of days and I'll quit. I'll try to do the row machine. That'll last a couple of days and I'll quit. Um, the only thing I kind of do for cardio per se is like the battle ropes or I'll do some kettlebell shit, but I'm awful at doing cardio. I'm awful at running. If I went to the track right now and had to run four laps, it would probably take me 10 to 12 minutes. No joke. It, if I make it, I'm not even that confident that I can make it through. Um, so if I actually sign up for a 5k, it would be a full blitzkrieg. To, to be able to get trained in time and be able to put up somewhat of an effort and not get my ass kicked. I was talking about how nervous I'd be for yoga. Holy shit, can you imagine me that can't even run a, a mile right now to then have to go run 3.2 or 3.6 or whatever it is? But the, the, I need to do it because it's on the list and I don't want to have to roll it over next year because hell, it's this long and I still haven't done it. What, what's to say I'm going to do it next year? But that, that's really why I like Thanksgiving and New Year's because it's just kind of cut without all the bullshit of Christmas. I mean, Christmas to me is so silly. Not, not if you're religious or if Christianity is your, the, the religion you follow. I'm not talking about Jesus or anything like that. And by the way, did you guys know he wasn't even born on September 25th? He was actually born in like the fall, they think. So he's not even born on that day. So why we celebrate it on that day is beyond me. I don't get it. But I almost think I just here's my thought on Christmas. One, when you're broke, Christmas sucks. There's always so much pressure to buy things. And you don't want to be the guy that's like making macaroni artwork for the family. You know, oh, no, I, I made your gift this year. OK, no, no money spent. I, I just I needed you a sweater. You, you don't want to be that guy. So there's always pressure to be able to buy things. And I've been lucky enough the last few years. And this year I'll have enough money where at least there's not that added pressure of it. But to me, Christmas has just become another commercialized holiday it's just like another uh hallmark holiday like that you've heard that same argument with valentine's day which how stupid is valentine's day you just see the post oh i was so surprised my boyfriend bought me flowers it's valentine's day what do you mean you were surprised oh really you were surprised that your boyfriend bought you something on valentine's day get the fuck out of here you have 364 days be romantic on that day valentine's day is like the tgi fridays of being romantic oh oh you're being romantic on valentine's day like you just out of nowhere you decided on Feb or february 14th you're just gonna be romantic fuck you and that's how i think is what's come of christmas now I mean, you see the commercials starting in November. I think some of them were even starting in late October. I feel like when I was a kid, Christmas was December. Yeah, you get three weeks of it. 
You can watch all the movies you want. You can just get in the Christmas spirit. You can listen to your Christmas songs. I'm fine with that. But it just keeps, I feel like they keep pushing it back. It's like day by day, week by week, each year. It just kind of gets closer and closer and closer. I mean, soon enough, it's going to be Labor Day is going to be over. And then all of a sudden, it's going to be Christmas. Labor Day ends. Christmas begins. I can't take it. I can't take it. I don't know if you guys saw on Instagram this week um, or also on the Facebook uh, page for facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod. Um, but I made a little PSA uh, for people that suffer from a little thing that I like to call PCD. If you haven't heard it yet, um, I'll play it for you right now. Oh, whoops. I guess it would help if I had the volume on, huh? One second. This is what happens when you're a one man show. Good Googling movie. All right. Without further ado, PSA for PCD. Attention, this is a public service announcement. Do you or someone you know suffer from PCD? PCD is more commonly known by its street name, Premature Christmas Decorating. If you are someone that once a year proclaims, it's my birthday month, you have a 105% increase of suffering from PCD. And for that, there is no known cure. Some of the common side effects of PCD are doing any of the following prior to December 1st. Wearing Christmas-themed clothing. Posting memes on Facebook that say, only seven more Mondays until Christmas. Listening to a Christmas station on Spotify. Putting up a Christmas tree in the window. Keeping your blinds open and illuminating it for all to see. How dare you? Please don't wait. If this is you, there is still time. Take down those decorations, delete those posts, and wait until December 1st to show your enthusiasm for Christmas. 25 days is more than enough time. When it comes to PCD, be like Nancy Reagan and just say no. There you have it. There's my PSA for PCD. It's premature Christmas decorating. We gotta put an end to it, people. It has got to stop. This is too much. You can start December 1st. I'm not even that mad at you if you want to start after Thanksgiving. Go ahead and get in the Christmas spirit. You won't hear me talk so much shit. But for all of you that are starting it on November 1st, you got to stop. You become the girl that says, it's my birthday month. We talked about it in the PSA. It's my birthday month. But if for Christmas, you're trying to take two. You're trying to now take two birthday months. That is unreasonable. You get one. I'll give you the one month. I'll give you the three weeks. That's more than enough time. But the marketing of this all for eight weeks, for this one day, that's not even based around religion anymore when you get to the bottom of it. I mean, for all the girls, all the Heathers of the world that love Christmas, how much of it is just based around Jesus and not based around all the fucking gifts, all the thrills, and it's just on religion? Think about it this way. I mentioned that I worked for a couple different halal restaurants. And the last one I did was called the Cozy Cafe. And from the month, I think it's the beginning of June, like June 6th, June 5th, I think it changes every year, but like right there, until July, millions of Muslims around the world celebrate this little thing called Ramadan. For those of you that don't know what Ramadan is, it's a month-long devotion to God. And there's actual sacrifice made here during Ramadan. They cannot eat from sunup 
sundown for that entire month. Not only can they not eat, there is no drinking of water. You're just miserable from sunup to sundown until then you can binge and gorge your face with food. And it's the summer months. What's hot as shit. And imagine living in Florida and not being able to have water when you have 99% humidity because Ramadan is happening. Now imagine if Christmas was like Ramadan. Imagine if from Thanksgiving until Christmas morning, everyone that celebrates Christmas is fasting for the entire day. No food from sun up until sundown. No water from sun up until sundown. No wine, no champagne, no vodka, no alcohol for the entire month. If actual sacrifice was being made for that month, how many people would still be excited about Christmas? If it wasn't just about the gifts, if it was more based, focus back on the religion, focus on the birth of your Savior, even though it's not his birthday then, I'm okay with that. But you had to actually sacrifice something for that entire month. I don't think so many people would be so excited for Christmas for that entire month. I, I mean, just imagine us enacting that today. I don't know if that would go over well. So if Christmas was actually based on like sacrifice or on religion the whole time, you wouldn't hear as much grief about it from me. You really wouldn't, I swear. But it's the market, it's like the over-marketization of the holiday is what drives me crazy. If you're a religious person, do you have a problem with that? I mean, I almost feel like the whole holiday has just been hoard out to supermarkets, to super malls. To, you have to go shopping now to Amazon. How much does Amazon love Christmas? So I think we, sh we should start making some sacrifice involved with this too. If you're so pumped on Christmas, would you still be if you had to fast for 30 days? I await your responses, but I just think that it's become a little, they keep rolling it back too far. They keep trying to slam gifts and products down your throat for two, or for two whole months. And I'm really glad that I keep my TV watching to a minimum. Most of the things I watch are online and most of the things I watch online, I pay for services. I mean, whether it's YouTube, or Hulu or Netflix, so I don't see commercials, but once in a blue moon, I'll sit downstairs and I'll turn on the cable box and I'm always blown away by some of the commercials that come on because I'm kind of desensitized to it because I've just taken my, I just don't see them anymore. I don't, I don't watch it anymore. Not to be like the hipster go, I don't, I don't watch cable. I, I don't see commercials. I, I, I'm not trying to do that, but it's just being honest that I don't see it all that much. So the other day when I was sitting there watching, I was already seeing the Kia car commercials coming out. It's just unbelievable. By the way, who the fuck ever gets a car for Christmas? You, you always see these commercials with people putting a bow on a car. Who the hell do you know that has ever received a car for Christmas? If you've received a car for Christmas and there was a bow on top of it, send me the picture. I want to see the proof because I don't know if I've ever seen it in real life. But you see it in movies. You see it in the commercials. But I've never seen it in real life. Bow on a car for Christmas. Who's got that kind of money? I, got, I want that kind of money. I'd like to be able to buy someone a car for Christmas, but I, you're lucky if I can buy you a bike. Maybe like a used Razor scooter from time to time. 
but a car with a bow on top of it? I've never seen it in real life. If you've received or if you've given a car with a bow on it for Christmas or any other holiday for that matter, send me the picture. I want to know that that actually happens out there. It's not just made up by the marketing companies because I've never seen it. But that's, it's just what's happened in America. I mean, I, I wonder if it's like that all around the world where Christmas is just, it keeps getting drawn out like this. I mean, maybe it's the same in England and everywhere else, but it just seems like here. I mean, think about it. The hypocrisy of it is that we have Thanksgiving and then the very next day where you're, you have Thanksgiving, we're supposed to be giving thanks. And then the next day it's about selfishness and buying gifts and trampling over people. And you just forgot the exact lessons of the day prior. So it's just ironic and it doesn't seem to be slowing down at all. But my favorite holidays are Thanksgiving and New Year's Eve or New Year's Day, whatever you want to call it, and not so much on the Christmas. But hey, it gives me something to talk about. I get to make PSAs, so I guess nothing's lost here. But going out to New York with Brian was so awesome. Spoiler alert, New York's the shit. Have you ever heard of anybody come back from New York? It's like, I don't really like that place. Nope. Everyone that goes there, they all say the same thing. Oh, I want to move there. You see it on social media. No surprise here. Grayson got basic as fuck and also really liked New York. I, I wish I was there longer. I mean, to get in Friday morning and then leave Sunday afternoon, it's not nearly enough time. But I feel like we accomplished a lot in the short amount of time that we were there. If you follow me on, I don't, can't remember if I posted on Instagram or Snapchat or probably both. But for all of you that don't know, especially on those long flights like that, tip your flight attendants. Some of them will accept it, accept it. Some of them won't. But especially if you're a drinker and you're trying to catch a buzz to be able to fall asleep on a long flight like San Diego to New York, tip your flight attendants. You know what happens? They bring you more booze without fail. Even if they don't take the money and say, oh, sorry, sir, they still bring you more booze because you at least try to be nice. And this was no different. The, uh, what was her name? Carol? But it, it doesn't matter. I can't remember the chick's name now anyways. But we were flying out, came, brought me a bottle, gave her a $20 tip, brought me two more bottles after that. About 20 minutes later, she comes by, brings me a, like a sack lunch with food inside of it, and then three or four more bottles stuck inside again. And then later on, she brought me two more bottles on her way back. I literally had so much vodka, I, I still have some in my backpack. I couldn't even drink it all. So if you didn't know that, if you're a drinker and you need a little bit of alcohol to help you get through a flight, tip your flight attendants and they'll give you more booze. Sometimes you get charged for the first one, which is fine. I was willing to pay for it anyways. But then the rest of the flight, you're smooth sailing. So if you, I, I don't think this is like groundbreaking information here, but if you've never thought about it, I promise you it works. So it got the trip started on the, the right track, if you will. But there was, there was a moment where, I mean, I was up for, I think, three quarters of the flight. I just, I couldn't pass out to save my life. But there was one moment where, you know, like that moment in class and you're kind of doing the head nod and you're falling asleep. Well, that kind of happened. And by kind of, I mean, it definitely happened. And by I definitely, and by meaning it definitely happened, I definitely spilled the drink all down the front of my pants. Cold vodka. 
down my fucking pants was still like an hour and a half to go on the flight. Thank God they were black pants that I had on. Black joggers to be specific. But yeah, it was cold. And I was able to get it cleaned up and didn't pour on anybody else. And I was just doing that nodding moment. And I had my hand on it and my elbow kind of slipped and vodka poured on my lap. So that was an interesting way to get the trip started out there. But then once I landed, uh, Brian was a few hours late. So I just kind of hung out in the terminal because I didn't want to go find a bar and then get drunk and get uh, the trip started off on a super drunk uh, track that early. You know, I wanted to be able to enjoy the day. We had a lot planned for the weekend. So I just kind of waited for him to come pick me up. And then we drove down to the hotel. And if you saw any of the pictures or anything, it was just such a fucking rad, badass fucking weekend. And I feel lucky to have even experienced it. Um, we looked that day or a couple of days prior to be able to get tickets to the weigh-in. They were free tickets that he's had on Ticketmaster and it was at MSG. So when we first landed, um, we found a couple of little, just like little bars, grabbed some lunch and then waited for the weigh-ins and headed down to Madison Square Garden. And they, I didn't know they had it, but there's like the side like arena they have at Madison Square Garden. And that's where the weigh-ins were. And even I think Rogan had a stand-up uh, show there that night. But it was super cool. I mean, for any of you guys that are MMA fans or UFC fans, this was the card of all cards. There's a guy named uh, Georges St. Pierre, also known as GSP, that was making his return after like four years or five years without being on the octagon. There was three titles on the line. And it's goddamn MSG, you know. Uh, if you've never been there like I hadn't, it's the only thing I can equate it to, like for me, is I've been in Wrigley Field before where the Cubs play out in Chicago, and it kind of felt the same way. I mean, MSG is an old arena, but having the UFC there was, it, it felt bigger and it felt like a giant moment being there. So we went to the weigh ins. Um, there was just probably a few thousand people there. And so that was pretty cool. And then from there, we just went back to the hotel to uh, get changed, went to another bar. And then we went to go visit my buddies that are on a tour with Corella. This is my second time seeing them. I saw them in LA and then flew out to go see them in New York. And I mean, that was really the genesis of us even going to New York. We didn't, I don't even know if we realized when we first planned it that the UFC was going to be out there. So it was really just kind of like a footnote that we decided like a couple weeks prior, like, oh, maybe we'll just go to the UFC event too. But the whole reason we were going out there was one, just for shits and giggles to be able to go kick it with a buddy in New York and then to be able to catch up with my buddies, Wes and Tom on the Corilla tour and kind of introduce Brian into that scene. Um, I don't know if Brian's ever seen a show quite like that before. Um, it was at this awesome venue called Terminal 5 on the west side. And it's like this three-story warehouse-looking thing. And the show between there and L.A., I mean, it was night and day. This place was insane. The uh, My buddy Julian that does all the, I don't know what you call it, but all the, all the lights and all the lasers and all that whole aspect of it just did a fucking awesome job and it was cool because my buddy west is all he's the sound engineer for him so i was able to hang out behind the board and watch some of the show from there but i think when we first walked in uh one it's not brian's scene um i'm new to the scene remember like i'm new to this music shit and all this this new little edm scene and everything so he wasn't used to the music wasn't used to that environment uh, so I think it took a little bit to kind of break down his walls for it. But I think at the end of the day, he had an awesome time and it was the place was packed and it was near the end of their tour. So everything was really humming along and it was just such a badass show. And it was cool to see my buddies out there. And now that the tour, I think, wrapped up last night, um, my buddy Tom will now be flying out to England to go marry um, Emily, who's this um, lady he met, a, a, I don't know, probably a year or so ago. And she's got a couple of kids, so he went straight from tour to now flying out to go get married. So, Tom, if you're listening to this, uh, congratulations, my friend. Um, 
had an awesome time and thanks for the tickets and good luck with the wedding. But since that's my new scene, I, I fucking just loved it and ate it all up. And it was just, it was super cool to see my friends doing this thing on this big fucking stage, no pun intended. And then from there, we just went to another bar after that, um, right around, it sounds like there's a lot of bars involved here, huh? There was, but uh, we found this dope little Irish bar kind of by our uh, hotel and there was an Irish bartender named Connor. So it was perfect. And we hung out with him um, a couple of nights or at least just went back and let him serve us uh, drinks. But so that was really the first night. And then the, the next day, it was kind of like a slow play. It was like, God, all right, we can't have, we gotta be careful with uh, brunch, you got to be careful with drinks throughout the day because you want to be able to remember the UFC event and think about it. It being on the East coast, I don't even think the main card started until like 10, 11 o'clock. So, I mean, we didn't even get out of the arena until one It's that's part of the reason why East coast sucks so much is if you're, if you're a sport fan games and fights just start so damn late. So Saturday we knew it was a marathon. Um, we found this cool little, um, breakfast spot right across the street from Grand Central Station and went in there um, just got a quick little bite to eat got a couple of mimosas and the bill was a hundred dollars a hundred dollars I had three eggs and bacon he had like an omelet we got a side of toast why was it a hundred dollars because we each got two mimosas each that were like $17 a piece. I didn't even know that was a thing. Never would I ever have ordered <laughs> $17 mimosas in my life. I, I like going to the spots like 1909, that's like 15 bucks, all you can drink, bottomless mimosas. That's the type of brunch that I like to get down with, but it um, nonetheless spent a little bit more breakfast than <laughs> we'd originally intended to. And then from there we went um, down to this place called the Grayson, I think I told you about, which was a super dope bar um, down in the East Village, and met up with my now former business partner Colin. Um, he was the engineer that helped, that actually created all the apps that we had started, and was really the man behind the curtain that uh, put everything together. So he had suggested meeting there. So we went down there, and it was—it's weird. It was a Wisconsin bar, so there was—it was Saturday, so there was all these Wisconsin Badger football fans, and they were going nuts. So we found like this little back spot. And just hung out there and had some beers and just shot the shit for a while. And then from there, we went back to just get ready to go to the fights. And going down to Madison Square Garden the night of the fight, I mean, you could feel you could feel the electricity in the air. I mean, if you've been in New York, it, it already has. Um, it, it's, it's like palpable. You, you can feel the energy of the city. And I, I'm curious if like the people that have lived there long enough if they still feel that or if it's just like to us outsiders going in, it's like going to Vegas. Like, you know, like how Vegas just feels supercharged when you get there. That, that's a lot what like New York felt like. But especially with this fight going on, there was so much going down around MSG and everything. So it was only like, I think it was like a mile from our spot. So we just walked down that way and then found this badass like food court meets bar thing, just like on the corner of MSG where you go in and it's just like, think of going to the mall where you have your Panda Express and your Subway or whatever the hell else they have. But instead it was bars and like, uh, and like bomb ass, like gastropub food too. So we went in and grabbed a couple of drinks and then they had this super sick patio on the outside where you could look right at MSG. And it's just, I don't know like if anybody's ever been, like you've been out of the country, like if you've been to Italy, it just doesn't feel real. I, I don't know if it's because like we're conditioned to living here in California where there's like so much fake shit or like when you go to like universal studios like you're used to seeing these opulent things 
but it's all just a facade. And when you go to Italy, it, everything just it feels the same way, where everything just feels fake, and you can't believe that it's real. And New York has that very similar uh, vibe to me that it's just not like anything. I mean, you, to anybody that's been to downtown LA, that ain't shit compared to New York. I mean, think of how spread out LA is, and you don't even really think of like downtown. Like, what building do you think of in downtown? I mean, I guess you think of like Hollywood or you think of Venice or you think of Santa Monica, but it's not the same thing. And even in San Diego, I mean, there's more of a walking culture down there and you actually have a downtown area, but it doesn't even hold a candle to the vibe and the energy that New York has. So um, me being me, you guys know um, my vices and what I like. I had a little vape pen on me, so I was hitting the vape pen and everything as we were walking up to the food court and we had grabbed a couple of beers and just sat down and the weather out there was fucking perfect. The first day, it was literally 75 degrees. Granted, that night, I think it dropped down to 45. Uh, so it got cold quick on Friday night. But Saturday was about the same. I think it was like a high of like 68. Um, even at night, like I had like a light coat on and it was like 60 degrees. We're just sitting out there drinking beer and everything. And there's music playing over the speakers. And I told you guys before about my guilty pleasures for pop music. And I also think there's just like certain songs in the world when they come on, you can't be in a bad mood when they're playing. And one of those songs happens to be Whitney Houston's I Want to Dance with Somebody. Okay, say what you will. But I dare you to put that song on and you be in a bad mood. I dare you to put that song on and not start tapping your foot. So the song comes on over the speaker. We're having a beer and we're sitting there just looking at everything that's so great about New York. And I'm just telling Brian, I'm like, this like doesn't feel real. This moment doesn't feel real. Um, it just, it was super cool and I was just I was happy to be a part of it and the song comes on and I was telling him the same thing I just said like hey I dare you to be in a bad mood when the song comes I'm like there's not anybody that doesn't like Whitney Houston's I want to dance with somebody everybody wants to dance when they hear I want to dance with somebody and at that moment there's this door right behind me that goes into the food court and there's this like conga line of people and it's led by this sharp dressed black dude um, like big head has a pea coat on. I mean, dressed to the nines. He's probably a lawyer, works in Wall Street during the day. And this dude just starts dancing. And then the person behind him starts dancing. And then the person behind him starts dancing. And by the end of it, there's like 15 people that are coming out of this food court that are all dancing and singing to, I wanna dance with somebody. I wanna feel the heat with somebody. It was awesome. I kept looking at Brandon, I'm like, is this real? Is there a flash mob that's about to happen right now? And it was just so organic. <laughs> it just happened like right at the right moment, right after I was talking about how everybody wants to dance with somebody when they hear, I want to dance with somebody, come on. And it was just a surreal moment. And like I said, I had a couple hits off the vape pen and I was having um, some beer. And I mean, it's just the mood, the moment was already set. And then for that to happen, like right behind us, I just had to like keep looking. I'm like, oh no, no, this is really happening. Okay, I'm not imagining this. This is really happening. I always talk shit on musicals and how much I can't stand them. But after seeing that, I might be a fan. I was a fan of a real life musical happening right behind me. I mean, it was just this organic conga line, conga line, however you say it, of people just going behind and just being happy to be there. And it was just a fun little um, moment kind of only in New York, you know. Um, so after that happened, then we went into the fights and we literally bought our tickets the day of the fights. Um, I think I'd mentioned before that we we started seeing the prices drop on tickets because the event hadn't sold out. 
So while we were having our $100 uh, brunch that day, we bought tickets on Ticketmaster. And um, when we got there, we kind of like scoped out to see where our seats were real quick and then went to go grab some food, which their food inside, fucking stellar. It's some of the best arena food I've ever had. I had a burger and it was delicious. But we're sitting there and all of a sudden I kind of see some commotion to my right. And then a motherfucking Everlast walks by. Remember Everlast? He was in House of Pain and then had that one song. Uh, really might know what it's like, what it's like. That's not how it goes, but you know what I'm talking about. Dude, just cross shoulders with me. Like, I'm not I'm not one to get starstruck. I mean, I've been credentialed for many sporting events and have met a lot of bigger dudes, but it was a cool thing to just see him. So then after that, we started walking. We try to go back to our seats. And then we pass the motherfucking OG. The OG of Viceland, of food, of hip-hop, like the main man of marijuana these days, Action Bronson. If you don't know who Action Bronson is, he has a show on Viceland called Fuck That's Delicious. And he has a new show that's about to come out too. But the guy's just... Um, He's just become this like new like internet celebrity over the last couple of years. I mean, he's been pretty big. He's been making albums for a long time, but he's got this funny story where he used to be a chef, um, and he's a pretty goddamn good chef at that. And now he's parlayed it into rapping, and now he's this internet TV show host and has this show on Viceland and on YouTube. And I mean, now everybody's been on his show. I mean, Anthony Bourdain says it's one of the two best cooking shows out there is right now. And I mean, he's had Martha Stewart on there. He's had on Emerald Lagasse, you know, the Bam guy. Um, who's the other dude like the red hair and the ponytail Mario something like that. all these people have been on his show so I'm, I'm not one to take pictures with people I mean if there's like an organic moment sure like when I met Joe Rogan like yeah that's that's gonna happen sorry homie I'm gonna take a selfie but I just wanted to go up and give him dabs real quick you know he, he saw him hit the vape pen put it back in his pocket so me and Brian just went up um, gave him a little dab said what's good just said thank you for uh, doing what you're doing because seeing shows like that it gives me inspiration to do different video things. And I mean, you can just see where a guy started from the bottom and now he's there. So it was kind of cool to just to say what up to him. And then we went to go sit down in our seats. And it was one of those on Ticketmaster. It looked like we got pretty good tickets, but you can't. I mean, sometimes you have an obstructive view or whatever it is. So we start walking down. And when I got to the usher and showed him my phone to show him where the tickets were, I expected him to be like, no, son, you're actually further up back that way. Turn around, go back up the stairs. But he turned around and led us closer to the cage. Our seats, we were section section one, row 11. So, I mean, we were like 11 seats back from like the main floor area. Like if, if it was like an NBA game, we were like 11 seats up. I don't think the picture that I posted on Instagram did it justice to show how quick or how close we really were. But I mean, I was in a snowball's throw of where Joe Rogan and Daniel Cormier and all of them sat. And if you are a fight fan and you saw the fights, it was fucking such a wild night of fights. It was one of the greatest nights ever. They're saying it's one of the top three cards ever, if not one of the top cards ever. There was three title fights on the line. So everyone that was the current champion all lost their belt. It like all ended in finishes. And the knockouts from there, oh my gosh. Like there was this fight with this guy named Ovin St. Peru. And he throws this left head kick. Not only did you hear the kick fully land, then you heard the head hit the canvas and it was just deafening. It was so scary to hear that um, up close because I've been, I went to one of the UFC fights in Anaheim a few months back uh, when Bones Jones fought and then we were credentialed for one of the fights in Orlando, but you're like sitting so high up. So this is the closest I'd ever sat for a fight. And I mean, to be able to just hear bone on bone like that 
It's terrifying. It's terrifying. There's better ways. There's easier ways to make money. And these dudes fucking love it. I, I, I'm so glad I don't have to fight for my money. <laughs> Otherwise, I would be so screwed. But you, you look at it with George St. Pierre being the big fighter that he is and making his return, his triumphant return and winning in stellar fashion. I mean, there was only 18,000 people in that arena that day. And I told Brian, it's like, we're one of 18,000 people to be able to see this fight in person. I mean, you'll never be able to say that again. And we don't know if GSP will fight ever again. That might be his one fight. And then he'll ride off into the sunset again. He's kind of a weird guy. And I think he probably has some CTE. But it was pretty special to be there. And the only person I wanted to meet all weekend long. I mean, I knew a lot of different people were going to be out there for the fights. Was a dude named Aubrey Marcus. I think I've talked to you guys about him before. But he has a company called On It. And he trains a bunch of different fighters. And he's a psychonaut that likes going... Um, and he experiments with a bunch of different plant medicines. He's really big on going to Peru and taking ayahuasca, and he comes back with these trip reports, and it just really opened my eyes to a lot of things. I told Brian, like, if there's one person I want to meet this weekend, I said, I have to take a picture. just want to go shake his hand and say, thank you for all the knowledge and all the information. It's Aubrey Marcus. And right where our seats were, as soon as we sat down, he's um, engaged this chick named uh, uh, Whitney Miller, I think it's her name, Whitney Miller. And I saw her first and went, oh shit, Aubrey's going to be here. And Aubrey comes walking down and is like two rows over from us and like one section um, away. Like just, I mean, I, I could have thrown popcorn at his head for sure. And I kept seeing him go up and down. And I was like, fuck it. I'll just wait to the end of the fight. I'll corner him up at the top and we'll just say thanks real quick. And then we'll go along our way and we'll just be the best weekend ever. Well, fight ended we were cheering after gsp won i looked up and then he fucking walked away then i never got to say hi so that sucked but it was cool just even being um kind of like it almost felt like i was wishing that into existence you know i said the only fighter or the only guy i want to meet out this entire weekend is aubrey marcus and he was just a stone's throw away but i never got to go up and say uh thanks for all the things that he does but you know there's another time and place for that but he, he has this awesome company called On It, and it's out there in Austin, Texas, which it's a little weird because you wouldn't expect something like that out there, but it's this huge facility, and they have um, a real gym that you can go and train at. They have Float Center in there. They have Muay Thai, and then they have the supplement company out of there, too. I take a lot of their supplements here. I take uh, Shroom Tech before the gym, and then there's this thing called Alpha Brain where it's a nootropic, and if you guys have never tried it or ever tried a nootropic before, um, or if you've never tried it before, I would highly recommend it. It's it's like a more clear caffeine. I, it's hard to describe. It's You don't get jittery or anything, and it's all natural, but it's just I like to take it before I do this podcast, and even though I may stutter or repeat myself a lot, it does help me formulate thoughts and be able to speak more uh, more clear with it, and it's just something that I love, and it's something that they've been making for years. I mean, they were one of the first, I think, sponsors of Rogan's podcast after he had the flashlight on there. I think it was on it that came in second. But uh, if you've never tried nootropics before, I would recommend looking at it. Alpha Brain's a little bit on the expensive side, but there's some other good ones out there on the market. And if you've ever listened to like Tim Ferriss's podcast, it's called the Tim Ferriss Podcast. Um, he talks about them a lot too. And there's a lot of other um, ones outside of just the Alpha Brain. And if you ever need... If you're like, especially if you're a cook or if you're needing um, to be able to uh, just stay in a rhythm, uh, 
nootropics really be able to work and kind of helps keep me in the zone or in a flow state or whatever you want to call it. Um, so if, if you've ever thought about taking them before, I've taken Alpha Brain and a couple others, but I don't remember the name of them right now. But Alpha Brain works really well. But it, it was cool nonetheless, even though I didn't get to go fanboy and say an actual hello and shake his hand, that he was just right there. It felt close. I just want to tell him, hey, one day I'm going to be on your podcast, Aubrey Marcus. Just just know that. He just had a podcast this week um, with Lance Armstrong on there. And if you guys have never heard Lance Armstrong on a podcast before, he is awesome. He is hashtag honest as fuck. <laughs> he tells everything the way that it is. He does not shy away from now. He does not shy away from anything that he's taken. And he doesn't um, put the blame on anybody but himself. And he's just a really honest guy and a really motivating guy, too, to be able to hear um, his work ethic and his drive and how much he puts into everything that he does. So if you've never heard him on, um, I think he's been on Ferris and Sam Harris and I know he's been on Rogan once before, but now he's on the Aubrey Marcus podcast. It just came out last week. I'd highly recommend uh, checking him out because he's just, he's an awesome listen. I mean, God, what, what a life, right? I mean, to be able to beat cancer, I can't remember how many times he's done it. And then all those wins in the Tour de France after the fact. I mean, blood doping, EPO, steroids, whatever you want to call it aside. Everyone was taking him anyways. That dude was still the baddest fucking dude on two wheels and kicked everybody's ass when he did it after having cancer so he's just an awesome story if you're looking for something to kind of get you through the the week i would highly recommend checking out the aubrey marcus podcast uh with lance armstrong but just sum it all up i mean it was a real whirlwind last week of just um everything that was going on i mean leaving the company having family move away and 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 just starting this new journey here but um that trip couldn't have come at a better time and just thanks to everybody that did make it possible to beat up for rolling out to tom uh to hooking us up with the tickets at cruella uh calling meeting us out for drinks and everything it was just the perfect trip for the perfect time and i feel super lucky and super fortunate that i was even able to be a part of that man it, it was just so fucking cool but um yeah, so that that's what's been going on, guys. I mean, I, I have to just say thanks again to anyone that texted or sent me messages last week that uh, did check out the podcast. I know it was probably super awkward to listen to. It was awkward to record. And I didn't even want to put it out the next day. But I knew if I didn't that um, I just would never have the balls to do it. And it would just fall into the ether and it would never be um, published. So I, I didn't do too much editing on it, as you guys could probably tell because it was fucking rough to listen to i mean it's tough think about like when you hear your own voice on like a video you go god damn that's what i sound like it's very similar when i'm recording these things too especially when you're having to like relive these stories and you're having to hear yourself be an emotional little bitch and everything so i just i i try to just eq it a little bit and put it out because i knew if i didn't do it the next day then it would never happen. And then even when I posted the video of talking about me quitting from uh, the company and everything, that was another one too. I knew if I didn't post that, then it was probably never going to come to fruition. So I, I just cut things together pretty quickly because it, it was a little tough to go back and listen to myself be an emotional little bitch like that. Um, so if it was rough to listen to, I, hopefully that'll be um, the only one kind of like that. And then looking forward to next month. Um, I don't know if you guys remember the podcast that I had with uh, Justin Wren, uh, also known as the Big Pygmy. He drills, he drills the wells down um, in the Congo for the pygmies. They're doing a benefit show 
at the Comedy Store on December 6th. Um, I got a couple tickets to that today, too. If any of you guys have any interest, it's going to be a bang-up of a show, and I think all the proceeds um, go to Dig Deeper and Fight for the Forgotten, which are both of his charities that help build uh, wells for the pygmies and give water to them and everything. But it's going to be an awesome show. I mean, if you're into stand-up, it's Tom Papa, it's Tom Segura, it's Tony Hinchcliffe, it's Whitney Cummings, who's super fucking funny. It's Joe Rogan, and then Justin Wren's going to be out there with the charity. And like I said, I think 100% of all the proceeds of that night um, will be going to that charity. And tickets are only 20 bucks a piece. So I think there's usually, when I've gone to the comedy store before, it's a two-drink minimum. So, I mean, you get a couple Coors Lights or whatever the hell you want. And it's a pretty inexpensive night to see some bang-up comedy with all the proceeds going to an awesome cause. That, that's the charity that I've talked to you guys about before that I donate to monthly. And then even this podcast itself, after having him on, we raised $1,500 just for that cause alone through those two weeks um, leading up after the podcast, which was awesome. So if you guys did donate to that back in the day, thank you so much. But yeah, we raised um, a little bit over $1,500 for it um, a few months back. So if you're looking for a night of comedy and you want to go out and support a good cause, December 6th at the Comedy Store. I think you can get the uh, tickets right now at the Comedy Store. Dot com, but it should be just a fucking fun night, and I'm excited to finally shake Justin Wren's hand in person and tell him uh, thanks for everything that he does. The dude's just got an awesome story. He's been on a ton of different podcasts. If you want to learn more about him, too, he also has a podcast, um, a book called Fight for the Forgotten. I'm, I'm not... This almost sounds like a commercial ad or anything, but it's, it's not. It's just something that I'm going to go to and that I support um, 100%, and I'm, I'm, I'm excited that uh, Rogan and all of them are putting it together. So guys, that's it. Episode 14 is now in the books. Thanks again to everyone that reached out. Thank you again to everyone that has rated and reviewed the podcast. If you would, if you haven't yet, please go like the page on Facebook. It's facebook.com backslash prove me wrong pod. I'm not going to start a separate Instagram account for the show. I think that's stupid. So I'm just going to keep it on my own personal one. So if you haven't yet, give me a follow on Instagram. It's just Grayson underscore Gregory. You can also follow me on Twitter for the two of you that are on Twitter. Also Grayson underscore Gregory. Thank you guys so much for listening to this episode of the podcast. I'll catch you next week. Peace.